Hi, this is Christine. In a few moments, you'll meet Karen, and we are the Modern Principals. We are two elementary principals on a quest to redefine the role of leadership in our schools and use our voice to steer the new generation of leaders in education, regardless of your formal role or title. Each week, we take a real-life scenario sent to us from listeners and address it through the three lenses of scholar, systems, and soul. This week, we talk about instructional feedback. Thanks for joining us. Having to redo it. And I had a really good intro. I mean, I was singing our theme song and it didn't record. <laughs> My garage band keeps like pausing and stopping. We need, once again, we're going to put out this plug. We need a summer intern. <laughs> Who would like to mix our sound for free? For free. <laughs> and maybe just hang out with us too. Mm-hmm. We like to have a good time. Christy's a pool. Yeah, we and we like to sit in this closet and record podcasts where Karen makes us sit very close together and stare I at do, each other. I do, and it's kind of a little warm, and so I'm a little sweaty, and I'm sure that's making Christy even more uncomfortable. You're does. welcome. <laughs> so right. this week, you were at a con- or last week, you were at a conference with your like leadership team or like instructional team yes. or something. So a little backstory, like Christy and I share a Canva account yes. for the Modern Principal. Yes. And she will often do some work things on there. So when I get on, I get to steal ideas from her. And <laughs> she had like images. A, yeah, all your images. And she had like a 90 page with different ideas for themes with graphics. Yeah. I my mean, staff voted on what like for our theme this year. Yeah, literally, I've never created a graphic for my school. So once again, <laughs> if you're comparing yourself against one of the two of us and you lean more towards me. It's okay. So, anyways, she had all these different themes, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I haven't even thought of a theme. And I, I was just, like, I like to be ready. Yeah, so her theme, she shared what her, I was like, which one of those did you guys end up with? And I was like, oh, that's a good theme. But So then I was at this workshop with Ellen Keen and Matt Glover and this lady named Georgia Heard, I think is her last name. And they were talking about writing and reading and the integration. It was wonderful. But she also talked about... She talked about this activity that she did, and it was um, identity mapping and how you can, all kids, not even, not just high schoolers, can really examine themselves mm-hmm. as a writer. And she really kind of pushed the audience to go deeper than just, like, here's an acrostic poem about me. And yeah. really, like, let kids, like, who are you? Yeah. Like, explore. I am me. Yes. So then we had this, like, group chat, and everyone's like, oh, that's a great, that should be our theme. I am me. I am my school. And so then I was like, that's like literally Chris. Literally, theme. my theme is literally I am, we are school name. And then Karen's theme for the next year is I am me, we are the school. <laughs> literally. <laughs> and it came symbiotically from this workshop. So, anyways. So now she's just going to steal all of my graphics. I don't think I will. <laughs> they were good, but that might be a bridge too far for my staff. <laughs> Especially because they do, like, know us uh-huh. at this point. <laughs> I have a few that listen. They're really sweet. They always bring it up the next day. Like, oh, my gosh, I did not know Marlo was that crazy at school. That's my daughter. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, tell me about it. Anyways. Okay. All right. Let's get into it. You want to read the scenario this week? I can, yes. This is from Judith. She's from a middle school. Um, it's really hard. Side note. It's really hard for me to read the name Judith without thinking of Judith Light. And you don't know who that is because you don't watch TV. <laughs> she was from Who's the Boss? Oh, yeah. Legendary mm-hmm. Judith Light. I know that show. Thank you. She was also I from used Transparent, to, I watched TV amazing. in the 90s. <laughs> I don't watch TV now. 
knows. Good. Christy knows who's the boss. Okay. This is from Judith, not light, from middle school. <laughs> it's so hard to figure out how to balance giving real feedback to teachers on instruction with all of the other duties that pop up during the day. You saying it, Judith. <laughs> I try and try to be intentional about how to set my calendar for it, but it seems like I'm always behind in my evaluations, and then I don't have time for the meaningful feedback conversations as I'm rushing to meet the eval deadlines. How do you balance that? Can I get an amen? Can we also say we don't? <laughs> it's I I don't know. I know that when it was when I was in middle school, it was a little bit easier because there were multiple administrators to share the load to share the load as a singular elementary principal evaluating over forty people yeah. certified. Yeah. Um, and ours are pretty extensive. Um, it's hard, Judith. Not light. Judith, not light. And it also, I will say. Anyone that says that they have it figured out is lying or really good at their job and they should be doing this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Or, I mean, there's just so many plates. So if you really focus all your energy on this plate, then you're going to feel like, what are the other plates that are dropping? You're just, that's just our job. It's the nature of our beast. Yeah. From my soul to your soul, it's saying... Look, you're going to, if this is something you want to prioritize, you're going to have to prioritize it and let some other plates drop. You're just going to have to and be okay with that. Does that, but that doesn't feel good. So let's. <laughs> oh, okay. That's not good advice. Christy does not like that. If advice. you do this, other plates will drop the end. Pot over. <laughs> oh, is that my advice? Okay. Erase no, that. But let's, that. let's talk a little bit about, because in terms of. Like systems, like obviously this is a systems piece. And so I think she already hit the very first part of setting your calendar with the deadlines. And so that would be the first system that we would recommend. And you're great at doing this. This is something I'm trying to get better at this year. Yeah, I actually do this in June. I haven't quite, this was not on my, this was one of those highlighted pieces that got moved to July um, when I return on contract. But I do set quarterly benchmarks on my calendar. Like I block off the whole day so I see it big. Like I'm not Mm going to do anything on that day, but I just know I should at least have one round Mm -hmm. of formal observations done by this day. I set all of those in place. I make a chart for each teacher with how many they need. Yep. And then I actually, when I go in to do my observation, I write down the one piece of like, either I put like a plus that it was just kind of like a really positive, keep working on what we're working Mm -hmm. on, um, whatever that may be. Or I put like, Ooh, I want to, I want to pop back to this piece Mm -hmm. or whatever. So I kind of write myself a little note there, but that way I can look at it both on paper and on my calendar. And I go through and, like, on my paper calendar, because I still I still really use a paper to-do list. So even though on my Google calendar I might have those big dates, and I do schedule, like, the conferences um, that I have to hit through my district. So those are already pre-scheduled. I have to have one with every single person on October, so I just schedule those at the beginning of the year. And then um, on my paper calendar, that's when I'll put, okay, I need to hit these 10 teachers this week for a formal eval and I put their names on my paper calendar on the week that they hit so I can cross them off after I get their formal eval. And I do every, sometimes it used to be Friday afternoons before I went home, but now I really like to leave on Friday afternoons. So now I do it Monday mornings. Um, I schedule them out for the week, like what subject. Yeah. I also try to be really intentional about that piece of like, that's harder about elementary too than Mm -hmm. secondary is that. Pretty much teachers are teaching all day Mm -hmm. in a secondary setting because 
that's just the nature of how it works. But there's so many more transitions in elementary. And yep. so there's way more times that you walk in and they're transitioning to recess or they're coming back in or whatever that might be. And so I think it is you have to be a little bit more strategic about when you're going in. I keep a schedule. It's I had my secretary do this. Of I have a master schedule on an Excel doc. Well, Google, you know what I mean, whatever Google's Excel is. Sheets. And sheets. And it has... <laughs> One page of when every teacher is teaching everything. Ooh. And so it's literally Smart. the entire building, what everyone is doing mm-hmm. all day long. And it's super tiny, so if you have bad eyes, it wouldn't work. Um, and I just I keep it in my planner with me, like my notebook that I carry around all day. Um, so that, okay, it's 2 o'clock. I have time for an eval or I have time to go see something. I go to the 2 o'clock and I can see exactly what everyone is teaching and what everyone is doing. Ooh, that's nice. And so I don't pop in on the recess or the snack time or the whatever and try to, I don't know, just be, it helps me a lot. Yeah. Otherwise, that's when you're walking around and you're like, oh, nobody's teaching right now. Nobody's because teaching. It's the, that to me is always 1230 in my Yes. Family. Yeah. The lunch recess transition time. I just slurped my coffee really loud. I apologize to our listeners. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think those systems, you just have to figure out what what really does work for you. I do love a Google calendar because then at the end of the day, I've, I've tried to get in a habit of like looking at my calendar for the day and anything I didn't do, moving it to another day right then and there. So I don't forget that like, oh, I didn't get into so-and-so's classroom. Let me move it. Um, I, this is where I kind of want to take a little bit of a wild turn to think about it from... A different perspective. Okay. I don't think I know what this is. Oh, you do. It's on here. It's just- oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's on our template, Kristen. <laughs> um, I, I think that one of the reasons feedback can feel, and this is me being vulnerable, it, the feedback conferences can feel hard. Sometimes they don't feel purposeful to me. Mm-hmm. And so I like to avoid things that I don't have a clear purpose for. And I also feel like if I'm going to take a teacher's 20 minutes. Yeah. It's fair. It's not fair to them for me to do it just because I have to. So thinking, hundred percent. So thinking about like if you maybe do a little deep diving um, because feedback for me is one of those areas as a principal that I always feel like I'm at the basic level. Oh, it's yeah. It's hard to for one. It's hard to fit in like we just talked about, and two. Every teacher has such different needs, and right? So figure and we have so many indicators that we're looking at, right? Classroom yes. management. Sometimes yeah. it feels overwhelming with the different yeah. goals. Sometimes it also feels like. Um, counterintuitive to the relationship building you're trying to do or sometimes it also just feels like last year was really hard for teachers right and it felt like I don't like how can I be possibly like scoring you accurately and it doesn't even feel good because none of us have ever taught this way before right and none of us feel good this (laughs) year yeah all of the tools you used to use you can no longer use because kids have to be six feet apart yes And, or you're teaching from a computer for the first right. time in your life. And so, like, the soul side of it really does encourage our listeners to think about it from a teacher's lens of, like, you do have to be reflective of when you were a teacher, what was the – did you receive no feedback and that was troublesome? Did you receive yeah. too much feedback or too much criticism feedback and not know how to turn that into into something that was workable in your classroom? So I think it's just really being reflective of, like, how do you – If you don't have a structure for how you give that feedback, you might spend some time looking through that. And I really like, Mike Rutherford does a ton of work with feedback. Like the 30-second feedback and 
10 and 5 minute like observations with a 30 second view. Yes, and he has structures within that that are helpful if you feel like you don't know where to start in terms of like the actual conversation. Yeah. Um, I also really like one of his ideas is like a win and then formatting mm-hmm. and that has helped me feel a little more confident when I'm giving feedback and not that I lack confidence in it. I just Without a clear structure, sometimes I ramble a little bit. Oh, yeah. Hence, because right so, now. And when there's so much you can give feedback on. Right. And so sometimes I, because I've read, too, that if feedback isn't focused, yes. then it's worthless. Worthless. And so That's sometimes what I'm worried about. I feel weird going into a teacher's classroom and maybe I give you feedback on your lesson planning format one day or and, and then, then next, next week I'm talking about the text you're reading yeah some, or a so I think you it's, it's hard and that's where I think you have to have those conversations and that two-way feedback with teachers so you know what they care about and what they're working on you don't have usually we don't have choices on what we're like formally evaluating on but we do have choices and we can include the teacher in that the conversation yeah in the in the um the less formal the informal yes feedback. and there'll be times that I might cover a lot in my formal feedback and mm-hmm. then our conversation might just be a, yes a short snippet yes and I also have been trying in my last year and I think I, I'm this is a um, priority of me this year is to be really intentional about knowing what the goal the teacher has yes like as a building we're setting our own um, grade level and individual goals next year that feed forward our building goals and so I hope to just kind of keep those individual goals with me yeah um, that's a good idea they all relate back to our standards of practice which is a graphic that you saw yesterday in and our Canva. Canva. <laughs> Um, but, and so then I can really just feed forward feedback on that goal or even like for some teachers that might be like, Hey, I think you've reached this goal. Yeah. Let's challenge ourselves in another direction. I posted on Insta stories one day about, cause we use, um, knee, which is developed by the university of Missouri. And I actually really like it cause they've like already prepared all the rubrics and everything. And so in knee, they're focusing on like that follow up to the observation mm-hmm. and they give you basically four, um, entry points based Based on the teacher's knowledge and current mastery of whatever skill, like whatever instructional strategy. And so I really liked that because sometimes, like for cognitive engagement, for example, like if you have a teacher who's mastered that, but they, you know, everyone can still use a little tweaking. And they obviously, if you have already mastered it, they probably have ideas about what they want to do versus maybe a brand new teacher or a teacher who hasn't mastered it. You approach those conversations differently. And so thinking through where they are in their mastery continuum. Yes. And thinking about for a lot of teachers, it's teaching them, if that goes back to that when then. And for those of you that haven't heard that, I encourage you to look out and read that um, from Mike Rutherford. But it talks a lot about you identify something that they're doing and then the impact, it's cause and effect. The impact that it had on students. You always take it back to um, when you did that call and release, I noticed that students sat down instantly Mm -hmm. and looked to the front. Yeah, that was good. Keep doing that strategy to get engagement. Yep. Done, done. Or when you ask that question, I noticed only one student raised their hand. What's a way that you can get more students engaged? Mm -hmm. Let's try this. That kind of thing. All right. What else? We're getting close to our time. Are we? I think so. Plus, we have to get to our hair appointment. Oh, yes, we do. <laughs> the last thing I'll say, like, Christy has the knee, which is great. Another really cool tool that I take with me, I actually printed off, is a book called Get Better Faster. I We use that for our new teachers. Yes, it's, but it, it's really good. It's organized. Um, it's by Paul Bambrick Santoyo, mm-hmm. and it's organized. It has this thing called a waterfall right at the beginning, and it's organized on the manage, management skills mm-hmm. in order that and teachers should try to um, it's, achieve them. It's wonderful because it literally is step by step. So mm-hmm. if you look and teachers don't 
don't have step three in on management, management, then you're not moving to step four. You're going back to that step three. And it also gives you advice. And then on the other side is the instruction and the yes. rigor. And so, and then it also has a chapter on each one that gives you questions to ask, things to look for. So principals that are feeling like, ugh, sometimes I avoid these conferences or don't prioritize them. Or if you don't have a, a structure from your district, it can be a really good place to start. Yes. The other thing is, is think about, Think about feedback as just a constant dialogue. So it doesn't have to be, if you are just giving feedback when it's formal. That doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good. And I would challenge you to think about um, giving feedback just constantly popping in. Are you trying to be in rooms? I try to aim for two pop-ins for every one formal. That's a good point. And just trying to be in there and like say like, hey, when you did this, this happened. Great job. Keep it Mm -hmm. up. And then walking out or leaving a little sticky note or anything like that. One of the best things... I, every year I get better at the informal feedback, and I've tried last year, especially with um, like pandemic teaching, to give a lot of positives. And it was so gratifying to see like some of my teachers would have like eight and nine post-its on their bulletin That's board sweet. from me. And I was like, that just feel like, for one, I feel good that I made the effort and actually got into classrooms. And two, like it does mean a lot to teachers when you notice the good things that they're doing. Um, like so much so that they put them on their bulletin board. Yes, uh, that is great. And think about, remember, this is shared. So who else in your building can give feedback? Are you being intentional about collaborative teamings, giving feedback to one another in PLCs or your instructional coach if you have that role? Or are you trying to do instructional rounds? It's a great technique that other building principals have used where teachers go into each other's rooms. Those are all ways to kind of generate that culture of feedback. Yes. All right. That's all we got. That's all we got from the desk of the modern principal. Even though we did not use this strategy today, remember that you've got oh yeah, we did not two ears and one mouth. So try to listen twice as much as you talk. Uh, when I read that at the beginning, I was like, "Who wrote that?" And Chris was like, <laughs> "You did." I was like, "That sounds like my mom wrote it." <laughs> Make sure that you're entering into conversations with curiosity um, and be really reflective, and let your teachers share what their goals are. Remember, this is, comes from Elena Aguilar, and I love it so much. Don't assume if you come into the feedbacks thinking in your head, like, I can't believe this teacher did that. She literally says, if you believe and feel like the teacher suck, this teacher sucks. They're going to know that. Yep. They're going to feel that. So don't do it. Nope. We all have room in our professional practice to grow. And so we've got to go in with a... Curiosity. Yep. Curiosity. Oh, I'm going to annoy you because I'm still going to keep talking. Okay, we have five seconds. I'm going to keep it quick. I was in another workshop somewhere. I think, I don't remember. Anyways, okay, Christy gets annoyed when I ramble. So, but here's the point. I am going to start entering conversations with, I have a phrase now to Mm -hmm. enter with curiosity that I'm going to use. Sure. Okay. So I'm going to say, instead of saying like, have you thought about trying this? I'm going to say, what have you tried? Tell me what you've already tried. Rather than you like Assuming trying to haven't tried and trying to like pretend that you're have you considered trying blah 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 when really you're telling them you should try blah blah blah. Yeah, but it also it goes back to that curiosity. If I'm yes. su- it, it it does shows them that I don't value their expertise and yes. that's not what I'm trying to do. Yes. So I'm gonna enter with like, tell me what you've already done here. Yes. That's really good. Okay, we do have to go. I'm done. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast to receive them as soon as they drop, which is usually Sunday night, Monday morning. Follow us on Instagram at The Modern Principal and find more at themodernprinciple.com. Bye. Bye.